Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God. Bibles and turn over to Matthew chapter 6, 26, verse 36. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. You know, I've found that uh, as we're in this quarantine period right now that I've had some friends doing some usual, unusual and interesting things. I had one friend uh, that was watching an old University of Louisville basketball game on uh, classic basketball television the other night, and uh, it was the championship game, the last championship that uh, the University of Louisville had won. And he told me that there was one particular play. He got really upset. He starts screaming at the referee, and his wife walks in and says, What are you doing? You already know what happened and what happens in the game. Why are you getting so mad? And he goes, I don't care if it happened a couple years ago. It's still a bad call. And so, you know, we do uh, all kinds of weird things to get through the quarantine, but knowing how the story ends sometimes helps us a lot. We just saw a video a few minutes ago uh, called It's Friday, but Sunday's Coming. And that's a very uplifting video. It gives us hope that in the midst of all of our troubles, we look forward and we know that Jesus rose from the grave, and so we have that hope. But the problem is this. We're looking back. We know Jesus rose from the grave. And so what we're going to be talking about this evening on Good Friday just a little bit is how do you see Sunday if you're in the middle of Friday? Sunday hasn't happened yet. We're not looking back 2,000 years later. It's Friday. It's dark. Nothing's going right at all. How do you see Sunday when it's Friday? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Matthew 26, beginning with verse 36, is the story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. So up to this point, Jesus has taken the Last Supper, uh, that, that Lord's Supper, with his disciples, and then the disciples have gone out uh, there in the Mount of Olives uh, to the Garden of Gethsemane. And so what did Jesus do on this Friday to cause him to be able to see Sunday and still gives us the hope in the middle of our troubles, in the middle of our problems, How do we see Sunday on Friday? Well, Jesus basically did three things. The first thing Jesus did, as we look over into Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, is this. Jesus invited some friends along in the middle of his struggle. He invited some friends along in the middle of his struggle. Look at verse 36. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and two of the sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, even to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now, what Jesus did here first is really important. He takes some friends along. In verse 36, he takes the 12 disciples, all of them. They go out to a garden in a place called Gethsemane. Now, in Hebrew, Gethsemane simply means oil press. So they're in the Mount of Olives where the oil press is. They're in that garden, and Jesus has taken his 12 disciples with them. He tells all 12 of the disciples, pray with me. 
Now, we need a big group of acquaintances and friends that when crises come and when anxiety and worries hit us, that we can say, hey, pray for me. You know, you can even go on Facebook and say, having a tough time, everybody pray for me. We can put it on the church prayer list, everybody pray for me. We need to do those things. We should be doing those things. But what's interesting is in verse 37. In verse 37, Jesus takes three of those disciples, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which would be James and John, and he says, come with me a little bit further. And so they go off on their own. And then what Jesus does with them is really interesting. He takes his best and his closest friends, and then he pours out his hearts to them. Now, that, to me, that's really, really important. You know, we all need those kinds of friends that we can pour our hearts out with. You know, we need the big group. When we had our first drive-in night the other night, everybody was so excited just to be out of quarantine for a few minutes and, and to be able to drive to the theater and everything, so happy to see each other. It's good to be in the group, but it's even better to know you've got a couple of close friends that when things get bad, you can really count on. And so Peter took with him Peter, James, and John, and in verse 38, Jesus, he basically pours his heart out to them. He says, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. In other words, it hurts so bad, it feels like it's killing me. Will you stay here and watch with me? Now, notice what he said. He didn't say, oh, pray for me. Think about me if you get, a, get some time. He said, stay with me right now in the middle of my hurt and pain and pray with me. And that's something that you need to do. You need to be having good friends, close friends, that when everything goes wrong, when things fall apart, when you're having one of those restless soul nights that you can call up and talk to, that you can pour your heart out to, that you can tell them how you're really feeling. Jesus wouldn't have told a lot of people that he was sorrowful to the point of death, but his closest friends he shared that with. And so I'm going to encourage you to find hope on your Friday the way that Jesus did. Invite some friends along. Let them know, man, I'm really struggling. It's really hurting. And I know you're in a time of quarantine, but isn't it great we've got the social media that we do? You can call them on the telephone. That's an easy thing to do. Uh, you can text them. You can just let them know that you're interested and that you're there. You can send a card. But let them know how you feel. Let them know that you are there, there that you're struggling. Get your friends involved and let your friends pray with you in whatever way that is. If you're on the chat feature right now, I just want to add a, a quick uh, question that we have right now. Have you shared with your close friends how you really feel and what you're going through right now? And if you have, just put yes or no. And if not, what are the friends that you need to be calling that need to depend on you or people that you can call that you need to share yourself with? So Jesus invited some friends along. Now, one caution with inviting your friends along. Look down to verse 40. Look down to verse 40. Then Jesus returned to his disciples, that's Peter, Paul, and James, and he, or Peter, Paul, Peter, James, and John. I was going to say Peter, Paul, and Mary there for a second, kind of showing my age. Uh, but anyway, he goes back to Peter, James, and John, and let's see what happens. He returned to the disciples, and he found them sleeping. Couldn't you watch with me for one hour? Now, how frustrating might that have been for Jesus? Okay, look, guys, here I am. I've just poured my heart out to you. I said, it hurts so bad it feels like I'm dying. Watch and stay with me, and then you fall asleep. But Jesus doesn't condemn them. Look at verse 41, what it says. He says, Watch and pray that you fall not into, into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so what's the one caution I want to give? Were Peter, James, and John, did they just not care about Jesus? 
No, they cared. It's late at night. They're tired. They're weary. They're worried themselves. And they fell asleep. Their heart was in the right place. The flesh was just weak. And I want you to know that about your friends. When you start saying, okay, I'm going to depend on my friends. I'm going to call. I'm going to pour my heart out to them. Know that that's great and that more times than not, they're going to be there. But it doesn't mean it's going to be infallible. Everybody's imperfect. There are going to be times your friends let you down. That's why your friends can't be the number one place. God has to be. And so your friends may be willing, but we've all got problems and troubles and cares and burdens and, and time constraints ourselves. So don't expect your friends to be everything for you during this time. But one of the important things Jesus did was invite his friends along. You need to do that in this time of darkness on a Friday. The second thing Jesus did in the darkness is he was honest with God and told God how he felt. Now, he's been honest with his friends. Now he's honest with God because the first place we need to go with our problems isn't to our friends, it's to God. He always needs to be the first place we go. Look at verse 39. Going a little bit farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it's possible, take this cup from me, yet not as I will as you will. So what does Jesus pray? My father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Now, what's that mean? I really don't want to do this. I'm not looking forward to this. This isn't my will. If there's any other way around it than this, figure it out. Let's do something different. Now, a lot of people are surprised that that's what Jesus prayed. Uh, because they think, you know, here's Jesus, he's ready to go, he's ready to do it. Uh, and yet Jesus prayed, if there's any other way, let's do that. But think about what laid ahead for him. This is what Jesus knew was going to happen. In the next few moments, one of his closest friends was going to betray him. Then he was going to be taken and given an unjust, unfair mock trial. Then he was going to be tortured close to the point of death. And then he was going to be executed in one of the most gruesome ways possible in crucifixion. And Jesus said, look, I'm really not looking forward to that. It's not something I want to do. If there's another way, I wish that we could figure it out and do it. You see, in darkness, one of the things you have to be to really get God's help is you've got to be honest with God. You've got to tell God how you feel. So you go to God and say, okay, I'm doubting you right now. I'm not seeing anything happening. Where are you? Why have you not showed up? I don't know what's happening. I'm afraid. I'm scared. Uh, I'm worried. Uh, all these fears and, and thoughts. And you go to God, and you're very honest with God. You see, if you're not honest with God about how you feel, God can't do anything to help you. A lot of times people say silly things like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. If anybody's ever said that to you, you said to anybody else, that's just a silly thing to say. What do you mean you shouldn't feel that way? That's just an emotion. Emotions come and go, and we have no power over those emotions when they come. So that's how you feel. The question isn't how you feel. The question is, what do you do with how you feel? And what you do with it is exactly what Jesus did. You take it to Jesus. You take it to him, you give it to God, and you let God begin to work on it and heal you from that point on. If you're not honest, God can't do it. If your attitude is, okay, I shouldn't feel that way. A good Christian wouldn't be worried right now. A good Christian wouldn't stay up all night scared. Uh, I feel guilty because I feel that way. There's no way I can tell God any of that. Well, then all you're doing is suppressing it, and God's not able to help you. In the darkness, Jesus told God truly how he felt. That needs to be what you're doing. If you go to God and you say, God, I'm scared. God, I have doubts. God, I don't understand why, why, why you're not doing more. You pray to God. You're honest with him. God can do something 
with honesty. So here's another question we have in our chat feature right now. Have you been honest with God with how you feel? In everything going on right now, have you had a time where you went to God and said, Lord, this is really how I feel, and you poured your heart out with God? Because that's when God can work. And then the third and final thing that Jesus does in the middle of the darkness is that Jesus sought God's will and purpose and not just his wants. He sought God's will and purpose and not just his wants. So his first prayer is in verse 39. He prays what? My father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But that's not the entire thing that he prays. He also throws in this, this caveat, yet not my will, yours be done. So the first thing Jesus prays is this. Okay, I really don't want to do this. Is there another way? But if this is the way it has to be, I understand, but I'd rather not do it. So that's his first prayer. And right now, his needs, his thoughts are the very first thing he prayed, but he's still seeking God and God's will. Now look down to verse 42 and see how that changes in verse 42. He goes away a second time and he prays, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. So now he's already had a change. The first thing he prayed was, I'd rather not do it, but if it's your will, I, I will. The second thing he prays is, okay, if this is your will, give me the courage to get through it. If I have to drink it, I want your will to be done. And the simple fact of the matter was, the only way for our salvation to be paid was for Jesus to die on the cross because your salvation came through him. Your sins were put upon him. Jesus paid the penalty for your sins by dying on the cross and taking your punishment upon him. And you were freed by what Jesus did on the cross. And so now Jesus has gotten to the point of saying, if it's not possible, I want your will. And then he prays a third time, we're told, the exact same thing. So here is Jesus now going through this metamorphosis of, I don't want to do this, to finding strength in God and saying, Lord, I want your purposes. When you pray in the middle of the crisis we're in right now with this pandemic, or you pray at any other time where you're going through tough times and troubles, you need to pour your heart out to God and be honest. But then you need to always come back to, but Lord, what is your will and what do you want in this situation? And that's something you need to be praying right now. If you want to find light in the middle of the darkness is, Lord, what do I need to be doing, seeing, or learning right now in the middle of that? Have you, have you been praying that during this coronavirus uh, crisis that we're having right now? Have you been praying things like, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? What can I learn from it? What will make me a better person because I'm learning this in this time? Have you prayed, Lord, what can I do to get closer to you during this time? This is a great time if you're quarantined at home and you're getting bored and watching every single thing on Netflix. How about taking one of those hours and doing some intense Bible study? How about taking one of those hours and praying to God and really building that relationship with God and saying, Lord, teach me, help me to grow and learn and get closer to you during this time? Have you asked, what should I be doing at this time? What can I do to help another person? What can I do to be involved in caring for somebody else uh, in the middle of this? Have you been praying that? And then have you prayed for people that need Jesus in your life? As we've said many times, in a crisis, people are more willing to hear about God and, and to hear the plan of salvation than any other time. Who are the people in your life you need to be praying for right now? Start praying for their salvation and finding opportunities to witness to them. During this time, you need to be seeking God's will. 
So here's another interactive question I have for you uh, tonight. We've listed three things Jesus did in the middle of the darkness to help find Sunday on a Friday. He brought his friends along. He, he poured his heart out to his friends. He was honest with God, and he sought God's will and God's purpose. Of those three, which right now do you need to hear the most in where you're at right now? Do you need to, to look to your friends right now and, and communicate with your friends? Do you need to find that you need to be honest with God or you need to be seeking God's will and purpose? Which of those three do you need right now? Well, that brings us to the end of our scripture passage. And the last thing we see is this. When Jesus looked at his problems through God's eyes, it changed everything about him. His problems didn't change, but he met him with an entirely different attitude. He began to see Sunday, even on Friday. Let's see what happens in verses 45 and 46 of our scripture passage. Then Jesus returned to his disciples and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Arise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Wow, this is unbelievable. Our scripture starts in verse 36 with Jesus saying, Okay, come pray with me. In verse 37, I'm overwhelmed to the point of death. And then he did the three things we talked about. He brought his friends along and was honest, honest with God, and he sought God's will and purpose. And it changed everything about him. Suddenly, in the middle of his problems and troubles, he began to see God's purpose for the salvation of the world, and it gave him strength. God gave him strength to meet the problems that were ahead. It didn't just happen. It was a process. It, it, it took a long time that night. Jesus was in the garden, we're told, praying drops of sweat like they were blood. But during this time, he got closer to God. He found God's will and purpose. He found God's strength. And the person who in verse 37 was praying, my soul's overwhelmed to the point of death, is now saying, hey, let's get up. The time has come. My betrayer is here. Rise, let's go, exclamation point. Jesus was now ready to meet all of the problems that was there because God gave him strength and encouragement and showed him his purpose and will. And that's what we need to be saying. We're in the middle of an unprecedented crisis that's going on right now. One, something like our country has never seen before. The entire country shutting down for a month has never happened in the history of this nation before. So what are you going to do years from now when you're the person sitting around with your grandkids talking about, oh, that coronavirus quarantine? What was that like, Grandma and Grandpa? And you begin to tell them about what happened during that quarantine. You know, at our first drive-in movie night, somebody uh, sent me a note later on, and they said, one of the neatest things I want to have happen from this is the only two times I've taken my kids out of the house since this happened was to go to drive-in worship at the theater. And when my kids are asked by their kids, what was it like during the coronavirus quarantine? I want them to remember, I remember going to the drive-in and worshiping God. What do you want to tell people years from now when they ask, what was it like during that coronavirus time? Do you want to say, well, I was sad and I was scared and we couldn't find any toilet paper? Or do you want to tell them, man, God did unbelievable things in a time of real crisis. 
I started out with all these worries and anxieties, and he gave me hope and strength and peace. But more than that, I saw a revival take place in my life, and I got closer to God during that time than I've ever been in my entire life. And instead of my church getting weaker, I saw the church get stronger. And I saw God bring revival to our nation and to our world. You won't believe what God did in the middle of that darkness. My friends, I want that to be your story for you personally. I want it to be our story for this church, and I want it to be our story for this entire world. Let's look at what God did. Because you know what, my friends? It may be Friday, but Sunday, it's coming. Let's have a prayer. Father, on this good Friday, where we remember your sacrifice for us, help us to remember that in the darkness of your death, comes the victory of the resurrection help us to realize that in the middle of this darkness father there's so much more of a story yet to be made and father help us to begin to see the sunday as we go through this friday together in jesus name we hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you if you have prayer needs or want more information about us we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.